Hey everybody and welcome to Licked and Loaded. I'm Laura Desiree. And though the OnlyFans porn ban was a temporary reality for sex workers and adult content consumers, it's still a reality that made a major impact and requires further examination of sex work and society today. Joining me for this discussion is the incredible icon and activist, Miss Cherie DeVille. Welcoming to Licked and Loaded today, the fabulous Cherie DeVille, activist, icon, legend in all things adult. How are you? So good. You like that? <laughs> I do. It's a lot, but I like it. I like it. It's a nice, big, yeah. juicy chew Thank and swallow, you. right? Cherie, you wrote this phenomenal article for the Daily Beast that summarized and really shed a lot of light on what happened with this OnlyFans porn ban. There was a lot that even I didn't know about the history of some of these attempts to shut down legal porn. So I want to I want to talk about your first knowledge of the OnlyFans porn ban itself. Um, well, Twitter, really, you know, it's ridiculous. But that's how I get a lot of my adult based news. Um, I saw it on Twitter first, then went into my emails, then saw the email that OnlyFans had sent just dropping the bomb that we were out, you know, in about a month's time. Mm. Um, and I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised at all. I had been telling people ever since, you know, Visa and MasterCard went after Pornhub that it seemed like OnlyFans would be the next logical choice because it was the next big household name in adult content. Um, and to me, that's what they're really going after. You know, just like I said in my article, they're saying that they're doing something that everyone would be on board with, which is mm -hmm. helping, you know, victims of sex trafficking, helping victims of child pornography, helping people who have been victimized, you know, in the, uh, you know, sex arena. And that's something I think everybody with any amount of humanity in them can get behind. But what they've done is really interesting um, because they've taken that and they've used it to gaslight the public mm. into rallying behind their actual uh, opinion, which you can see in, for example, like Exodus Cries, actual mission statement, which is to go after legal pornography. Right. So their goal is to eradicate legal pornography. And they're doing something that in my mind is beyond disgusting. You can say you want to go after porn, not go after porn. That's not even what I'm upset about. What really, and I don't think I really covered this in my article, but what really brings me to tears is that they're using victims. They're taking real victims and using that pain of something that actually happened to these people and using real pain to gaslight those victims and the public into doing something that is their actual thing, which is getting rid of legal porn. If they wanted to help victims of sex trafficking, 
If they wanted to help victims of child pornography, there are so many people that they would go after first. Mm. You would imagine that if their goal was to help those victims, they would look and they would say, let's look at online platforms because it's well-documented um, especially child pornography is very well documented. And one of the biggest offenders is Facebook. Right. So you would imagine if their goal was to eradicate that horrifying content, they would perhaps start with maybe one of the top 10, maybe one of the top 50, maybe one of the top 100, maybe one of the top 1000 worst offenders, mm. but they didn't. They went after legal pornography, and that tells me that that's their real goal, that they're weaponizing people's real pain to attack us. And that is so grotesque that it burns me inside. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's terrifying. It's disgusting. Yeah, and some of those victims have actually come forward against uh, Exodus once they yeah. realized what was happening to them. And even the victims are now verbally saying that these evangelical groups have weaponized their pain. Mm -hmm. And now they have to relive that trauma when it's not even meeting their agenda, which would be to help other victims. Right. They're just so, using it to harm legal workers. Did, it's crazy. Did, did OnlyFans in particular, did OnlyFans become the target. I mean, you look at the last year or so of coverage with OnlyFans in the headlines, you're seeing, uh, you know, these wonderful stories of people turning their life around and, you know, everyday people yeah. getting into adult content creation yeah. and making huge income for themselves in a historically unbelievable yeah. time for loss of jobs. Um, yeah. You're seeing a lot of praise. You're also, you know, speaking with content creators within the adult industry who are moving from studio content to their own content. And we're talking about how great this control is. Is yeah. that what's made OnlyFans the target here? That's such a good question. You know, to me, I figured it was a target because it was a household name like Pornhub, because you hear it in songs you hear yeah. it in pop culture mainstream actors and actresses and other people are joining that platform even when they're not selling you know sexual content or nudity so it's you know it's one of those things that's just become you know almost for sex workers feels like it's finally really pushing the boundary of like here's sex workers and here's not sex workers and now you're like oh you know this is just a, a beautiful flow and many people that wouldn't have considered themselves pornographers mm -hmm. are dipping their toes into that realm which i think is beautiful for all of us because it yeah. helps with the stigma so you're taking this site which is really helping to destigmatize sex work so yeah i mean that seems like why they would hate that like, I'm, you know? I'm sure in their mind, they go, oh, well, this is the factory that's now creating more people in this industry. And, you know, yeah. we've been we've been so excited about it and also excited about the liberation that these existing content creators, these existing performers are able to now, you know, take their careers into their own hands and work directly right. with their fan bases. How so, grotesque to go after that. Yeah, yeah. You that's saw a what happened on Twitter. You know, those of us in a privileged position like I am have enough traffic of my own to be able to flex that onto any site. Mm -hmm. But who it really harms, 
who they're really harming are the people that are hanging in there, that are on that platform because it has created such a wide network that it's almost like a real trickle down economy. Like going into a food court where you're like, oh my God, this is my favorite restaurant ever. But now you're in the food court and you're like, well, those are great fries and dessert and this. So all these creators that aren't capable of driving their own traffic yet, we're benefiting from the traffic of all of us. And when I say all of us, I mean, you know, Cardi B, Main Street, you know, all of that traffic benefited everyone. It's just such a beautiful place for people, you know, who are just starting in that sex worker realm and to, to shut it down. You're like, who are you hurting? Doesn't, don't any of those people think about that? You know, you saw what people were tweeting. I don't think I can pay my mortgage. I can't now support my family. Like what in God's name are you doing? And, and why I would just love to be able to sit down with Layla or some of those other people and say, why, why? Because it is in God's name because it's, it's in God's name in, in her, in her perspective or in, in, you know, especially the agenda of Exodus cry, they would say this is in God's name, you know, and that's, that's a big battle. That's going to be, that's going to be a big battle that I thought we were further along in, you know, I, I thought that we were, I thought that we were coming to some kind of a close understanding with each other that we could exist and they could exist and yes. we didn't need to overlap anywhere we could just exist peacefully together in this modern world for a right. second it felt like we had our way you know like there was this opportunity there so when you find out about the porn ban and i know it only lasted a few days but mm-hmm. in those few days are you making preparations are you starting to speak to your fans about switching platforms i know a lot of platforms came forward with offers saying hey come over here so what right. was that like for you being a top tier person um i was still waiting and looking at that time and i'm also lucky enough to have multiple income streams mm-hmm. so the loss of only fans would have been a bummer, but not a tragedy. But again, that's just my position. You know, there's a lot of people that started with OnlyFans, had OnlyFans, and that was it. Yeah. That was their income. Yeah. You know, so I have the the financial flexibility from my multiple, I mean, I'm on a million tube sites, I'm on a million clip stores. I have other platforms similar to OnlyFans already, merchandise, performing, all these different things that make up you know, my, my, my world, but yeah, I, I I would have like everyone else had to probably choose another platform because that was the only platform where I'm constantly chatting and texting with my Mm -hmm. fans. So they've gotten used to that. And I would have needed to find another platform that would have allowed that type of direct uh, interaction for sure. Um, And you're right. They were coming out of the woodwork. (laughs) Yeah. I was like every, I mean, you're, I'm on all of those like adult industry news wires. And so in my inbox, it's just everyone making a new deal, you know, this many months of, of hundred percent payouts and, you know, offers left, right and center will handle your promo. Like it was, it was wild. That was a a hot spot right there. Uh, And I'm sure a lot of people, because of this, a lot of content creators have now chosen, I'm going to start to maybe put my content on a couple different platforms. Which is what they should have been doing the whole time. Absolutely. Right. No, no, that's, that's major. And then, you know, a couple days go by, a few days go by, and then suddenly it's, hey, we heard what you were saying. We've listened to you and we retract our statement. 
we heard what you were saying as if they were surprised. Like, they're like, we took all of your money away. And surprisingly, you didn't like that. We hear you like, (laughs) no, no, no. You saw even in two days that even just a few people bouncing was going to not devastate is a kind word for what would have happened to that platform. It would have been below Tumblr. Mm -hmm. It would have been just completely gone because even people who aren't posting sexual content, I kind of think of it like, cause my mainstream friends that are on it, it gives them what I call sexy clout. You know what I mean? So like if you remove the sex workers, it has no sexy clout anymore. Right. So that would remove the rest of the people. And then you'd have no one like actually no one on your platform. They did it to save their own asses. They did not care about us. If they cared about us, they wouldn't have pulled the rug out from under us with a month's notice. And that's what I was so confused by in particular is that what the fuck is the plan here at this point? What business forecaster in some group meeting said, you know what we need to do? Remove the sex workers. It's going to help us benefit and grow even more. Like what the fuck was the plan at that point? What kinds of content was supposed to occupy OnlyFans if not adult content? I, yeah, I right. know that people have their cooking shows and people have- sure crafting stuff, but let's be real about the bulk of what built this empire. How funny was it where the day, you know, every day they advertise like a new mainstream model, never us. It it brought me to like joyful tears when the, so they cut us out. And then like the very next tweet is advertising a mainstream model. So of course I bought that woman's page. Mm -hmm. It was all sex. I'm like, what's happening? What are you doing? Like, like, did you look before you'd like, yeah. So even your mainstream people like are selling sex. Well, yeah. Yeah, and, And I think, I don't believe that they thought getting rid of sex workers was a good business plan for them. I, I don't think that they ever you thought can't, that. You, there's no logic in that with how right. the, it the had to happened. have been the financial institution pressure. And the fact that for some reason, capitalism has now won out over the American core value of freedom of speech. And so now we've decided that it's a okay to let our financial institutions control what we view everywhere. Yeah. So like most people aren't complaining because it's only touching porn. But like, people, does anyone else see the precedent this is setting? It's it's like, you think ever, I don't care if you hate porn. I don't care if you think porn should all be gone. I can even understand that point of view, even though I disagree with it. But every human in America should be very concerned that our financial institutions control freedom, freedom of speech. And like, two financial institutions. So what, like 50 people? So you're telling me like 50, 100 people just have the, the, the carte blanche on saying everything that we can see? That's crazy. How is no one freaking out over that? I just, I just find it hard to believe that there would be, everyone would be on board to completely eradicate legal pornography. I just, you look at the traffic on these sites, okay? You look at the traffic (laughs) on these sites and I'm like, there is no way, no how that this would ever happen because look at how many hits these sites get. You see videos that are, you know, 10 seconds, 30 seconds, and they're up in the millions of clicks. Like it's just to me, I don't believe that we would ever successfully agree. Let's actually hit the kill switch. Let's just do it. 
Well, I think hitting the kill switch would make, because think about it, this is, this brings us to a dark place. Mm. So what would really make everyone happy except for us? So if you hit the kill switch on porn and got rid of all of the legal outlets for us to sell porn, porn would still exist in the same amount that it does now. It just wouldn't exist legally. And that puts all of us legal sex workers in a terrible, potentially violent, extremely risky, financially, emotionally, and physically position. So the consumers would still get their porn. Yeah. The crazy people would say, it's illegal, arrest them all. And then we would be the ones in the real pickle. Because a lot of, not all, of course, but a lot of consumers are not vetting their porn to see if it's coming from a good place. They're just watching porn. And then the evangelicals would be success. And then we would just be like, well, I guess we're still making porn. I hope I don't lose my house. I guess I can never get a bank account again. Like, damn. You know, that's who it would really screw over, not get the consumers, right. not even the websites who would end up pimping our shit, us. Yeah, that, that, that kill switch and the, even the idea of it, what you're doing is you're actively saying, I'm, I'm here to build uh, a hell below us. I'm here to build an underworld. And that's yeah. where, you know, these lives will be put. And that is heinous that is that's why prostitution should be legal that's why i agree should be legal that's why all of that needs to be legal because it's still happening the same amount yeah it's just harder for the people who are in-person sex workers to have you know just normal autonomy a bank account like just a normal fucking life in the united states you know And, and in your article in particular, I love, I love when you started to give that advice, that, that direction to sex workers about the kinds of changes that we need to make as a community and the efforts that we need to make. And, and one of the lines you had was about changing the mindset of hustlers to oil tycoons, mm-hmm. which I thought was just so, oh, it's just beautifully put. I mean, because that's the truth of it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. let's be real. And, and really... I mean, maybe I'm like so liberal, but I do think it's about time for us to, because we're a huge group. It's not this tiny little group of 200 people in Silicon, not Silicon Valley, in Porn Valley anymore. You know what I mean? Back in the day, it was a relatively small community of pornographers. Hmm. Now it's worldwide. It's everybody. It's, you know, people in Missouri in their kitchens and, you know, the, like the retired EMTs and nurses and everybody. You know, so we need to, one, be way more inclusive, two, find a better way to organize because if we even had the smallest, babiest amount of organization, we'd be so rich. Our lobbyists, oh my God, would just crush everybody else because there are so many of us. And I know that a lot of us get into this career as like rebels, independence, you know, it's like this mindset, but if we could, I can't, I don't think there's any other profession with so many workers that aren't unionized. Yeah. And I know that thought like goes against like the rebel nature of a lot of us, but like we are powerful and we are many. And if we flexed even the tiniest bit of each of our individual incomes into lobbying efforts, this shit would not be a problem anymore. We wouldn't have to scream into the void of sex worker Twitter our woes and sorrows, 
we would be boss ass bitches in Washington with our lobbyists with millions of dollars yeah. crushing it like the oil tycoon assholes who seem to get everything they want, even yeah. if it's bad for the planet. You know what I mean? Like we have that power. We are a billion dollar industry and we can do better. That's so fucking true. I really, I want to see that. I want to see that. I want it. I want it to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I saw in your article as well, this was my cry to action was it said, we need to be talking to more reporters. You got to yeah. be talking to the media more sex workers. Yeah. So say that more of that is activated. What kinds of conversations are we talking? What would be helpful in, in pushing this effort along? Well, look at, um, again, with sex worker Twitter, look at that article that just, did you read it? That just came out Which in one? the uh, New York times and it came out it. yesterday or the day. It. It's one of the most, that's a whole nother thing, but it quoted her normal, no sex worker. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, where's our voice? You interview sex workers. Okay, cool. How? Have any of us, are we putting ourselves out there? Like that's something new that I've been trying to do. Just like saying yes to interviews, yeah. you know, you know, and then people are like, well, no one pays us for interviews. You know what? Fine. Our voices need to get out there. Some of us need to start being the person that the New York times calls to get that quote, you know, and that's never going to happen if we all just hide under our rocks, many, many, many more of us need to be directly, not just tweeting at people, reaching out, going into DMs, raising our hands and saying, I will give you that quote, interview me. I am interested yeah. because there, it seems easy to find quotes on the other side, but I don't think a lot of the, especially the old, you know, OG journalists know how to get to us, who they would even talk to, you know, we need to find a way to make ourselves more visible to those people because I don't care how much you hate them. They're important because everyone else is listening to that bullshit That's and it. we need to jam our foot in the door and, and say, we're here. It's very much that bridge, you know, between uh, uh, general public and sex workers, you know, is yeah. that you, you kind of, you need that, you need that bridge built there where it's not just a sex worker on social media, screaming, tagging politicians and, and whatnot and lawmakers. It's like, you need to actively have these conversations that give the general public an understanding of your world, your work, uh, yeah. and, and your experiences. Cause otherwise, what are they, what, are, what is the general public left to, you know, how are they left to get their information? There needs well, and then to be even for myself, like whenever I publish something, a lot of sex workers disagree. And I think that's fantastic. And what I'd like to say to them is don't let me or our union head or any of the few people who are already super vocal, because I'm certainly not the only one. There are others. Don't let us speak for you then. Right. Get fucking out there. Whether you're like me, maybe you like writing, maybe you like talking, be the other voice give that other opinion, like be there. Like I love hearing your opinion and I listen to them and I try and, you know, research it and, and delve deeper into other people's opinions, but you be you. Yes. That's a good point. Scream it, scream it, not to me because I'm on your side already. 
scream it to them, you know? Sheree, I would love your predictions for the next 10 years. The next 10 years of this specific focus point in, in you know, seeing these platforms continue to grow and be interacted with, uh, as well as the pushback from groups like Exodus Outcry or any other effort that is likely to come up. 10 years in the best, the best outcome and 10 years in the worst outcome. Well, of course, the, the best outcome would be not just keeping what we do legal, but fully legalizing all parts of consensual sex work. You know, having those lobbyists in Washington fighting for us so that, that the condom law scare doesn't call, cause us all to move to Vegas. And it feels like every time something comes down on us, it's, it's, it's a disaster. We have nothing to help us fight. So getting the right people in the right places to, to speak for us I think would be amazing. I think the public, especially younger people are ready for us. You know, I, I think now is the moment where we could be mainstream. And I think in 10 years, we might be, I was joking about it on set as I was uh, chugging a Gatorade because I was doing an anal scene and I wanted to keep my sugar up. I'm like, can you imagine if we were sponsored by Gatorade? Like perform your best in and out of the sack. Like that could happen to us, you know, like, that's where we could be. But if we let these people gaslight the public into thinking that we're groomers and pedophiles and sex traffickers, we're going to be shut down and pushed back into the dark corners of the internet because pornography has not been legal for that long. I'm not sure how everyone seems to forget that, but like, I don't think we want that shady shit again. Let's keep moving forward instead of being pressed back into a very scary place. Because mm. we're right on the precipice and they're trying hard and they have lots of money and they're using all the right keywords. And we need to raise our hands, like to the article that got published the other day. I think one of the quotes was something like, most if not all sex workers start before they're 18. And I'm like, they're just, I'm like, where? You're just pulling that out of your ass. What are you talking about? But like, if you've never met a sex worker, you might read that and go, oh no, right. oh, we've got to stop that. If no one else says, what? That's, no, what? That's great. That is beyond untrue. But if they've never talked to a sex worker right. and if none of us are quoted in these articles, it just lays there and goes viral like this one is. And all we have is us bitching at them on Twitter. And that's not going to help. Oh my gosh. That's it's the, the, the fictional regurgitation and the fictional it, it's so unfortunate because the, the reality of this world is that there is a lot of beauty and pride in work and, and incredibly fulfilling lives yes. in this business. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She Jeez. actually said that all of us had bad family lives and were abused sexually as young people. I started as a physical therapist and I know physical therapists with great family lives and yeah. bad family lives. I think one in four women is abused sexually. They don't all go into sex work. So right. sex workers, some of us have this, some of us have that, like every other fucking job. It's tough to be a woman. And there, there is, that? there's identity beyond the sex itself, beyond what is happening. There is identity in sex workers and that's what needs to be showcased and needs to yeah. be communicated, right? It's, just it's people. Yeah. We're just people. people that chose this job, like other people choosing other jobs. I think she yeah. also said, because we were 
cut out of like normal employment. I'm like, I actually gave up my normal employment to do this job because it's better <laughs> and more fulfilling. So like, yeah, but, but if no one hears someone like me, they read that and go, oh man, that's sad. Mm. And then where are we at? Exactly. We're educating a new generation of people to be fearful of our work and mm. us. Let's end that. Let's yeah. just stop that. If we yeah. can all agree to just stop that, it's going to be a really exciting future for all yeah. of us. In fact, and it I can be. Yeah. Like, don't you feel it? Like we're yes. right on the precipice yes. of like ending so much of the stigma. Yeah. And like things which like is the only, only hard part of the job. Things like OnlyFans actually kept that message alive and kept that potential alive when it was in support of and everyone was saying, hey, this is so wonderful. I mean, the amount of, of uh, porn performers that I interview on a regular basis and over the last year have heard just how much their their career and their uh, relationship to the work has improved because they have control of their content yes. because of these platforms. Like that's just been the overriding theme of my last year in talking with professors. Yes. And, and yeah. have made so many people that maybe the analytics of what people are watching didn't support them enough to make them enough money working for other people, mm. but because they're a wonderful performer and have wonderful niche content, They've created a beautiful career for themselves. So it allows us to step out of the algorithm machine too, because not everyone's going to fit into that tiny little algorithm machine, but that doesn't mean that people don't want to watch that content. Mm -hmm. So not only has it given us more freedom, it's given the consumer more amazing, high quality content <laughs> that will fit into so many more niches. And Cherie, for everyone watching and listening, saying, wait a minute, I want some of that content. How do they get connected with you? I say I post everything on the gram. You can find all my links there. I'm Cherie Deville XO on Instagram. Cherie, thank you so much for today. This was wonderful. We'll catch everybody next time. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. This has been a CAM4 radio production. Come say hi at www.cam4radio.com.